This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To learn more, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu slash news. Welcome. I'm Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast for Lehigh University's College of Business. Today is February 24th, 2022. Our guest, Luba Belkin, has been studying how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected people's lives since the first wave of the pandemic struck in March of 2020. Today, we're talking with Dr. Belkin about two recent studies that shine light on how the federal government and employers, respectively, could improve the way they respond not only to the pandemic, but to future crises as well. Luba is an associate professor of management in Lehigh's College of Business, and holds the Axelrod Family Endowed Fellowship. Her primary research interests focus on affect and emotions in organizational settings and the role of emotions in negotiations, trust relationships, and managerial practices. She also studies the influence of electronic communication media on employee relationships, decision-making, and performance. Thanks for being with us again today, Luba. Good afternoon, Jack, um, and it's my pleasure to be here. Since we last talked with you about your research regarding COVID-19, you've published two recent studies uh, I'd like to discuss today, and I think there are some important common threads that run through both of them, but we'll get to that a bit later. Um, I'd like to start with the study published in the Journal of Applied Social Psychology that examines the relationship between individuals' beliefs in the United States government's benevolence toward them, and their compliance with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's COVID-19 guidelines. I think there are two main terms used in the study that we should probably define up front. So let's start with what you mean by government benevolence. Okay, Jack. So let me start first, uh, kind of why we um, uh, started this particular research. And um, in this paper, we examined factors that facilitated individual compliance with the CDC guidelines at the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, That was the time when compliance was uh, critical for slowing down the spread of the virus because there was no medication, there was still no vaccines or treatment protocols available. And without public compliance, uh, recovering back to normal uh, could take an unnecessary long time. Um, At the same time, I I also would like to bring this up because it's very relevant to our paper is that the public uh, compliance uh, constituted uh, a a type of social dilemma because um, individual short-term personal interests or self-interests, for example, freedom from restrictions, from wearing masks or or doing some other things to, uh, to be compliant, they were at odds with the collective good, slowing down the spread. And since in democratic societies, uh, the national government cannot really enforce compliance by coercion, the only method that the government has to avoid public pushback is to persuade people to comply. So what are the critical elements or mechanisms that can help in this process? Well, for once, these are individual beliefs about the benevolence of the government. And past research has shown that benevolent intentions are really instrumental to cooperation. Uh, There is research on advice taking that demonstrates that individuals are inclined to take advice from uh, those who they perceive as well-intended, to whom they trust. 
So benevolence represents a fundamental human value, and it's a very important aspect of trustworthiness. It's a part of trust. So this is the extent to which individuals believe that the federal government genuinely cares about citizens' interests. Beliefs in government benevolence are also associated with the ethics of care, and they are particularly important in times of crisis like pandemic. So in this paper, we expected that individuals who hold stronger beliefs in government's benevolence will be more receptive to CDC guidelines. And um, they will also, because of that, they will also exper uh, experience um, stronger positive affect, which are positive emotions, and thus will be more likely to comply with the CDC guidelines. And uh, we also propose that this positive affect, this positive emotions that people exper experience will be the mechanism that leads to this compliance um, based on uh, prior research. Now going to construal level um, theory. So this is the theory that explains how individuals mentally represent people, events, and so forth on a continuum level of abstraction. So individuals basically use cognitive schemas to encode and retrieve information once they encounter certain situations, either in more an abstract or concrete matter. So those with high construal levels tend to focus on long-term or big picture goals, kind of why um, um, the, the meaning of actions, as well as moral principles and values. Um, and those uh, that have th this tendency for low construal levels, they, they, they focus more on short-term goals, small picture goals, kind of how the visibility um, of actions, as well as more pragmatic concerns that um, devoid of moral implications. Now, why this is relevant? Because construal levels shape how individuals process information and how they act on this information. So in this paper, we looked at this construal level, individual construal level as an important boundary condition. And we expected and found actually support for this that individuals with high construal levels are more likely to rely on their beliefs in government's benevolence uh, because high construal level is associated with a high level um, moral principles, value of benevolence, and also a higher positive effect. Now, you conducted the study at the beginning of the very first wave of the pandemic in March and April of 2020. Just briefly, how did you recruit participants and collect the data that you used in the study? So we started the first wave of data collection at the very end of March when it's just when the country was basically closed. Um, most of the people were um, doing work in the remote mode, but um, and there was no access to um, <laughs> it would be dangerous to access participants in, in you know, in person. So mm -hmm. we recruited um online panel and we had working adults from uh, as, as many as 40 uh, states in the United States. And we collected for this particular uh, paper, we collected um, the survey data in two waves. So we had the first wave at the beginning of March and then the second wave uh, sometime in April. And that was a survey study. Now getting to kind of the, the meat of it here, what were the main findings of the study on the role that government benevolence played in influencing compliance with the COVID guidelines? We found that uh, beliefs in government benevolence did uh, uh, in fact play a um, strong role in uh, public's compliance with the CD, uh, CDC guidelines, 
but only among individuals uh, with high general construal levels because they ha- had high levels of uh, positive affect. And in contrast, individuals with low general construal levels, um, their beliefs in government benevolence were not predictive of their compliance with the CDC guidelines. Can you explain a little more about what, what was, accounts for that difference? Again, as we um, uh, predicted, people, uh, first of all, uh, beliefs in government benevolence does matter. But unless you activate these beliefs, again, it depends on the information processing. So people with low construal levels, they were not, even if they uh, held some beliefs in terms of uh, government uh, benevolence, um, they they believed that the government had their best interest at heart. Because of the low construal levels, they did not act or activate those beliefs, and they were not predictive of compliance. Okay. So maybe it would be better understood if we talk about um, specific implications, right? Because we can't really manipulate government's benevolence, right? So like we, we just measured that. We didn't manipulate. We couldn't do an experiment because it would be really unethical uh, for us to assign people to a condition when the, gov- like the, the, the government is not trustworthy. So we literally just measured the, what existed, what kind of beliefs people had at the time. Yeah, and that's actually the the next place I was going to go is the the practical implications, uh, specifically for the the federal government in dealing more effectively with crises like the pandemic in the future. What lessons can the government learn from this that could hopefully make things go smoother next time? Right. If if there is a next time. Um, well, or for any type of other t- uh, type of health crisis, because right. unfortunately. Uh, this this happened um, with some regularity. So what, what like the main finding is that the those beliefs that, that the public holds um, really important for compliance. And uh, the first practical implication would suggest that the federal government should uh, take note and more clearly and hopefully authentically convey its benevolence to the public. And they should, um, again, persuade individuals that they do have their best interests at at heart um, and they consider their welfare. Now, this should not be done just in crisis because it's probably too late. This should be done uh, during so-called normal times. And those beliefs are important because they might also help citizens to stay more attuned to the information conveyed by the government regarding the safety and risk reduction measures during health crisis, and they, all, um, they also might help to uh, perceive, uh, reduce perceived threats. So they really might help with the mental burden and well-being of their citizens. Another important message is that, and it's not just our study, emerging evidence suggests that cultivating positive affect during crisis is really important. And that's uh, part of the message that uh, uh, the other study we talked about in August um, also found. So emphasizing, uh, it might seem surprising, but emphasizing positive emotions such as optimism or empathy toward the victims uh, rather than just focusing on threats uh, might be more beneficial and not just uh, for public's mental health, but also for uh, kind of curbing unethical behaviors. So what we see also in upcoming research, studies show that framing public health messages through 
um, per persuasive language that is associated uh, with kind of higher construals, so kind of uh, saying the message why, and evokes positive affect. It's more efficient than, than messages that convey threatening information uh, for ensuring public compliance. Also empathy, uh, another efficient motivator for disease prevention and compliance, and that's other studies that followed up on ours uh, show as well. There is research that demonstrates that video and written messages, for example, shared on social media platforms, they can be also strong motivator in compliance because they, like if they portray vulnerable people through personal stories of their own or their beloved ones suffering because of lack of compliance. So evoking empathy and explaining why it's so important, they really are effective in um, motivating people to comply uh, in the face of health crisis. Moving to the, the second study, which, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I think there's, there's some very important um, common threads between the two of these, even though they looked at, at different sectors. This one was published in the Journal of Business Ethics, and it deals with interpersonal relationships between employers and employees, and what happens when employees, particularly during a time of crisis, such as the pandemic, feel like they're being neglected by their employers. And I think the beginning um, title of the study kind of sums it up nicely. You don't care for me, so what's the point for me to care for your business? Let's start again with defining a couple of terms up front. Uh, the first, organizational citizenship behaviors, and the second, relatedness, need, frustration that will come up as you talk about the study. So uh, organizational citizenship behaviors, and we shortly call them OCBs, um, they refer to be the behavior of employees when they're not just doing their jobs, but going above and beyond the expectations, mm -hmm. such as putting extra effort and time and their responsibilities, or volunteer for extra tasks, or helping each other, or helping clients, uh, business uh, customers. Such behaviors um, or have been known um, to help organizations to be more resilient and more responsive to crisis. Um, so in other words, when employees engage in those behaviors, um, there is a high likelihood that um, the company will uh, be more resilient and hopefully recover more quickly after crisis. Now turning to the term relatedness need frustration. So in social psychology, there is a theory of human motivation called self-determination theory. And this theory posits that um, individual psychological growth and well-being are dependent on successful satisfaction of the three basic psychological needs. The first need is the human need for autonomy. So having a choice and volition and one's action. And that's a really important need. The second independent basic need is the need for competence. So it's the need for one feel uh, uh, that they're being responsible for competent performance. They're able to perform competently. And the third, there is a, a human basic need for belongingness. So this is the, one, uh, the human need for connection to others. And the idea is that all of those needs are equally important. This theory has been supported by strong empirical research. It's been decades already. And studies have shown that challenges to these basic needs create negative outcomes 
for uh, humans for their well-being and their performance and behavior, while enhancing those needs does the opposite. In this study, we focused, uh, we focused on relatedness need as particularly important during a crisis like, like COVID because people uh, were isolated due to measures when the country was closed. Um, a lot of them were isolated in their homes. They couldn't go to work. They had to uh, work remotely. There was a lot of fear and uncertainty, especially during uh, the early stages of the crisis. So satisfaction of individuals' relatedness need since it can help people uh, flourish, uh, we uh, theorize that this, uh, when it's not fulfilled or frustrated, um, it implies relational exclusion, loneliness to people, and it, it can actually erode individual physical and psychological resources. And that specifically at work during times like um, pandemic, they can, it, it can lead to suboptimal or maladaptive functioning of mental and physical for employees themselves, but also for the organization. Now, in terms of the, the data that you were looking at, this was also collected through an online survey in that same time period going back to uh, the end of March of 2020. Is that correct? Right. We started uh, at also at the end of um, uh, March, and this study was a part of a very large data collection for separate projects. But this um, uh, specific um, uh, data was collected in four waves, not in two. And we finished um, at the uh, sometime mid-May. Okay. Because we, we, we tried to use uh, more measures uh, for this particular uh, paper. And we had to uh, measure them in different waves, uh, one for four um, during this time. And again, what were the main findings um, as you looked at the data then? There were several findings, but um, one of the reasons, again, uh, that this multi-wave data collection was also important because we were testing um, a new construct. This felt neglect is a new context, uh, construct. And what we meant by that, we, we, we were asking participants to um, let us know if they feel neglected, forgotten, invisible, overlooked by their employers and uncared for. And that's... Uh, uh, it might be surprising in the work context, um, but it proved to be absolutely not during times of crisis. So there is an important general finding in this paper regarding the experience of felt, uh, felt neglect that employees expect their leaders to care for them in times of, in times of crisis. And lack of this care is detrimental not only to their own well-being, not only to employee well-being, but it is also detrimental to organizational functioning. And we found that employees' experience of felt neglect has negative um, implications, um, first on the meaning that people assign to their work. And work meaning is another important construct that it kind of communicates to employees that their sense of purpose. So if their work is meaningless, they will be less likely to um, engage in it and do something going above and beyond their responsibilities. And what we found is that uh, indeed, when employees felt neglected, they assigned less meaning to their work and they were less likely to engage in this organizational citizenship behaviors that uh, could hamper organizational effectiveness during crisis like COVID-19. 
So again, what are some of the practical steps then that, you know, the, the takeaway lessons that employers can learn from the study to ensure that their employees feel valued instead of neglected when a crisis hits? Right. The first step is that um, we think it's important uh, to let employers know that to be aware that these are the expectations. Things change when, when people are in crisis mode. So we encourage employers to provide as much attention and care as possible to their employees. And this care does not necessarily have to be complex, time-consuming, or resource-consuming. It is also based on the comments that our study participants um, uh, provided us with. It may require only some simple steps. Uh, for example, uh, a lot of um, study participants, they express their desire, just desire for more information and guidance and clear communication. That's why they felt neglected because their managers did not uh, keep them updated or um, did not communicate them uh, consistently enough. So keeping communication channels open, such as sending regular emails with updates, uh, maybe periodic check-ins on a personal level, not just about work, Feedback seating, those simple strategies may help mitigate employees' feeling of being neglected. Also showing empathy and concern, and I should again underscore it has to be authentic. How can you do that? Just by listening to, to your employees, um, their struggles during crisis. Uh, even if you cannot help, just having uh, an ear that can listen to you for 10 minutes when you vent is very important for people because it signals to them that their leaders actually care. And it is understandable that the employers might be also concerned with saving the business during this time uh, and kind of spending all their resources on that. Um, we would like to um, let employers know that spending also time to their employees, it's not just um, something that they're doing good for the employees, they're actually helping the organization to function more effectively. And that's, this is where I think we, we kind of get into the common themes between both the government benevolence and the felt neglect studies. One of the things that strikes me is, is the, the clearly important role that communications plays um, in both cases, whether it's between the government and its citizens or employers and their employees. So if you could talk a bit about how improved communications could improve how we deal with future crises. And even, it strikes me as you were talking about the situation with employees, that sharp change to remote work that you've documented in several of your other studies as well. Certainly, you know, it's understandable how that would lead to potentially feeling like you're being neglected because, you know, your supervisor is um, working hard, trying to keep things going, dealing with a lot of people. And, right. and the communication is all by email or phone or Zoom. It's no more, you know, seeing someone in a hallway or in a more informal setting. So it takes a conscious effort to send those emails. And when you've got, you know, a to-do list that's a hundred items long, sometimes those things fall through the cracks. So it strikes me that since remote work is probably with us, um, almost certainly with us to stay in some form as we move forward, you know, the, the kinds of things that employers should keep in mind even before there's a crisis. 
So there are two common threads, um, I would think, in, in those uh, two articles. Uh, first, it's about ensuring that the public or your employees believe that you have the best interests for them at heart. And again, we did not measure benevolence in our second study that we're talking about today in organizational context. But I guess when you feel neglected, it, it also translate, uh, translates to this low beliefs that you really care, right? So whether right. you're a government leader, organizational leader, you need to signal care and concern uh, for your citizens or your employees. And it is also about clear communication of this concern in your message. And um, following up on your comment in terms of remote work mode, we always knew uh, uh, before the pandemic hit that based on the research, um, uh, my colleagues and I were also doing an electronic communication that relationships need help in the electronic realm. And when you're in remote mode and when you cannot see your colleagues um, or talk to your manager, this relationship to keep them up, you need to, again, communicate more frequently and clearly. So, and both studies from different angles, um, they add to, uh, 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 to research on the importance of clear and frequent communication, um, especially in the middle of the crisis, which is not surprising. It's not really a novel finding. Um, however, I think there is a new part that we add here with those two studies is that, um, and other studies that we're still uh, in the process of wrapping up is that, especially for the start of the pandemic, that benevolence and trust really matter. And they matter not just to helping uh, people feel good or for their uh, well-being and mental health, but they also can increase compliance when people encounter these dilemma situations, right? Because when they have to choose between their personal interest and give, uh, give them away a little bit in the, uh, with, the, with the collective goal in mind, or um, when uh, in organizational context, uh, it's really important for increasing helping behavior of your employees. And as I mentioned earlier, since managers, organizational leaders, they play a critical role in supporting employees in crisis. Um, it's important that they are communicating regularly with employees and they have personalized attention. And again, um, if it's possible at all, um, when you are in remote uh, work mode, not just communicating about work, but um, actually quick check-ins, um, just again, to listen um, to uh, your employees, what's going on in their lives, to maintain connection, and also uh, show emotional and social support for employees. This is very critical in dire times, such as this pandemic or any types of uh, health or other type of crisis. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, employees have to, employers, I'm sorry, and leaders have to be very sensitive to employee time and uh, also work-life balance goals because we all heard probably of the Zoom fatigue. So kind of over, you know, um, <laughs> doing this might lead to surprisingly negative outcomes. So again, as with any prescription or advice, it has to be common sense kind of balance act. And to wrap up on this, um, the pandemic has been going for almost two years. And um, this message about trust and clear communication, I think it remains as relevant as ever. And especially if we look at social context, going back to the first paper we talked about, 
the way CDC handled their messaging during last two years, it wasn't always uh, clear. Uh, there were many confusions as well in terms of their guidelines. And um, they cannot be blamed for this entirely, right? There was a lot of uncertainty as well. But I was recently reading the Washington Post article uh, where they quoted uh, Celine Gonder, who is the infectious disease physician who advised Biden administration during the transition. And she also lamented that there's tremendous backlash against people in her profession, and it's very demoralizing. And she also said that kind of, I think, echoes to what uh, we talked about today is that uh, the trust is lowest, the public uh, uh, trust to health officials is at the lowest at all times now, and public health interventions do not work without trust. And uh, taking this message, I can say the same thing about organizational context. Um, no matter what managers or organizational leaders try to do, their um, message or their efforts will not work if there is no trust from their employees and if employees feel that they being neglected or not supported, not taken care of, especially during crisis. You've given us an awful lot to think about here. Um, and I think we would all do well to spend some time thinking about the need for more trust in the taking perhaps a more benevolent view of one another as well as, as you know, those we don't know. So thank you so much for being with us again today. Thank you, Jack. It was my pleasure. Luba Balkan's research has been published over the years in such prestigious academic journals as the Journal of Management, Journal of Applied Psychology, Journal of Experimental Social Psychology, Journal of International Business Studies, and Organizational Behavior and Human Decision Processes. It also has garnered considerable media attention from such leading business and financial news outlets as Business Week, The Financial Times, CNBC, The New York Times, The Boston Globe, The Wall Street Journal, Fortune Magazine, among many others. This podcast is brought to you by Illuminate, the Lehigh Business Blog. To hear more podcasts featuring Lehigh Business thought leaders, please visit us at business.lehigh.edu slash news. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Lehigh Business. This is Jack Croft, host of the Illuminate podcast. Thanks for listening.